So we agree that stupid blank slate, but um, there is for a certain type of person where they're at in coffee. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Hey y'all, welcome to the second episode of the All Shots of Double podcast where Keaton and I jump in and discuss uh, a fun topic uh, about pour overs and if they're stupid or if they're not. Uh, super, super fun episode. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Um, we are uh, glad you're here and we are glad you are taking time out of your day to listen to us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, for doing that, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Well, what were we thinking about talking about today? Um, I was thinking, uh, you you had texted over as poor or stupid, which I think is wonderful clickbait. I think so too. As, as a as name for the podcast. Um, but basically the idea that, uh, I don't know, no, I'm not even going to say basically the idea. Just... It is the premise is porvers are stupid. Um, we can tee it up with like who says that and why, and no, then maybe just, like what the opposite. Let's just jump. Let's just jump right in. Okay. Okay. So, well, we the just, topic is the tone just changed and it got a little a little aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm fired up. Stupid dude. is a I'm that's fired a strong up. word. It, it is okay, so the topic up. is. Pour-overs are stupid. I assume that we will either have radically different opinions or the same opinion, in which case I'm happy to take the opposite of whatever we may go. I want to hear your argument um, because I know (laughs) what your argument is and I agree and disagree. Okay, let me just start. So I, I let me just start to... by saying, I agree. Porovers are stupid. Okay. okay. I, I'm I'm pro. Define porover and define stupid. Um, porover, uh, any method of coffee that involves you manually. So manual pour, a manual. Pour a over. manual porover. Okay. Because there's a difference. Well, but the. the that's a whole nother spiral because if you get me on automated like coffee shop pour overs right that's double stupid okay that maybe even triple stupid right and i define stupid as uh a better word would be uh pointless Mm. okay yeah yeah. or naive yeah even love that do you agree? Uh, where, where, yeah. Where do you stand? <laughs> that way um, I know where to, where to point my argument. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go so far as to like blatantly black and white. And I don't, I don't think you would either. I think you're just saying it for the sake of the argument. I wouldn't blanketly say pour overs are stupid in the sense that like, I don't think anybody ever should do pour overs. Like I, every morning, do a pour over like I have my Kalita or my V60 or occasionally uh Chemex if I'm feeling it um like 
I don't think they're stupid in that sense. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I am totally a believer that like, if you have a, a good coffee machine and you take care of it and it's not like you've never cleaned it in months, like that is a hundred percent a viable sure. option to make it. Like you could buy really nice coffee. You can spend $40 on a bag of coffee and run it through a coffee machine and it'll taste amazing. Like the coffee quality is by far the most important variable in that equation. So I'm not going to say that pourovers are stupid. I'm going to say coffee machines aren't stupid. Okay. That's fair. But what if a coffee machine can create just as good, supposedly, a cup of coffee, Mm -hmm. then what is the point of even doing a pourover? Well, there's other benefits. So the ritual of it, um, at the end of the day, you do get more control like i don't know would you argue against that like no but i think certainly get more control no i definitely yeah i bet i think when i mentally think through doing a pour over i imagine the movements i imagine pouring not pouring Mm -hmm. looking at my overall weight seeing where i am time-wise like to me those are all the factors that go into saying I have control, right? Right. And then I think about my $200 or something coffee maker. Right. Where I just push an on button. Do we get a sponsor? Who's your... Uh, today's podcast is sponsored by... <laughs> um, just kidding. No, actually, coffee Mocha maker. Master. Mo- oh, okay. Uh, Mocha Master, if you do want to sponsor this podcast. Uh, Venmo in the show, in the big, show notes. Big fan of your work. Um, I am just a tried and true. Tried and true. Uh, Beautiful machines. Yeah. I, I gotta say. Yeah. Anyway, I have no control over that machine. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of elements to it that are specifically crafted to create an overall good cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I can go into detail on that later, but I have zero control. Right. And so that's the, the yin and the yang of the two options. My qualm is that even though I have control over the pour over, what does that really mean? Like to say I have control is right. like control over what? Like if, I make a pour over of one coffee mm-hmm. and then I make the same pour over or the same coffee on a coffee machine and they end up tasting exactly the same. Yeah. What was the point of the control? Yeah. I mean, I'd say every coffee is different, Right. And the nuances and how you can control the variables to bring out those nuances with a manual pour over for somebody who's into coffee or to just be able to play around. Like one morning I'm going to do a one to 14, one morning I'm going to do a one to 21 and like to stretch those limits that it's fun. Totally. And, and, let me ask you this. So when you started getting into coffee, 
Like, you can say that now, Keith, as somebody who understands when he pulls certain levers in a manual brew, what that's going to do to the coffee. And, like, you can... And you can just go, like, I already get... I know the game. Like, I'm okay just having my coffee, which I get. Like, I'm almost on... At this point, I'm just on cruise control with my manual pour-over to where, like, I'm not measuring out specifically. I'm not... Water temp isn't perfect. Like, yeah. I, for all intent, intents and purposes, like, I use a coffee machine every morning. Yeah. But I get the ritual out of it. But, like, you learned through manual. And I think there is yeah a ton of value in that to be, like, if you want to get into coffee, there's nothing wrong with the coffee machine. Heck, there's nothing wrong with the Keurig. Like, I used to grind James coffee and put it in my little... Mm-hmm. reusable pod and do a Keurig and it made fine coffee. It wasn't great, but it was fine. Um, but like you learned through the manual, like what if changing the water temperature did, what changing right. the water quality did, which you can, I guess, change water quality in a coffee machine, um, adding more coffee, changing the grind size, like all those sorts of things are so like tactile and you can smell and you can feel, you can almost like feel the coffee in your pour over as you're like pouring over yeah. it for like, it's the weirdest thing. Like if you're pouring over a super fine coffee versus like, uh, you know, a French press, you can almost feel the, the, <laughs> it, right. it's weird, but you know what I'm talking about? Totally. I think that the, the, and I don't think that's stupid. Okay. I don't, I don't think, again, I'll repeat what I said. I don't think coffee machines are stupid. But I don't think pourovers are stupid. Yeah. But again, I, I agree. I'm also I agree saying that, that saying I know that you're saying that as a clickbait yeah. title. Like I don't think you No, hate I mean pour-overs. it is it is a little bit clickbaity to say. And it's a it's a heavy opinion from somebody that works in coffee full time. Right. But we could talk about if pourovers are stupid in a coffee shop. Yeah, and I think that's maybe <laughs> maybe part of what I'm talking about a little bit um because i definitely appreciate and understand like the ritual of it and the process of it i for very many years made a pour over once twice three times a day in my apartment five times a day and like that was part of my like daily exercise like that Mm -hmm. was that's what i did i assumed that there was nothing else daily exercise it's on your apple watch yeah you get exactly. your rotations that's right <laughs> um it's how i learned how to make coffee like i think it's a valuable valuable resource in exploring the science behind coffee and exploring what makes good coffee mm-hmm. both of what you're talking about like grind size ratio temperature like those are all things that like if you're really getting into coffee mm-hmm are worth exploring and right. testing. Um, I think it also is a really good indicator on like the quality of coffee that you're getting from roasters mm-hmm. and like understanding the difference in what like really good like fresh coffee looks like, what it smells like, what it tastes like because right. it is a very sensory experience like you are physically seeing 
chemical reactions happening and you're seeing it yeah. like degas and you're seeing it expand right. and contract and like extract slowly. Mm-hmm. And so you are very hands-on, like you are seeing the whole process. And I think part of that is a little bit like, it's a little bit like just like aesthetic. Like it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of, yeah. a, it's kind of a vibe. Right. It's like kind of fun to watch, kind of fun to like right. be a part of. But I would, um, if it's part of your routine in the morning, it's like kind of right. relaxing to like have the like little bits and pieces that you do. Yeah. But do you set up your coffee machine the morning before or that morning? No, I Because I would, the, the biggest argument against like that I hear like repeatedly, the biggest argument against like a manual pour over is um like it just takes too much time absolutely and i just think that's kind of bullshit <laughs> like it is it but it all depends on the it way it takes your you water just as long to heat up look at it in in a coffee machine uh grinding takes no time at all you still have to wait for your coffee it's yeah. just like invested time yes and no i think yeah it's invested time that's what it is and like Full disclosure, if I had the time and the counter space True. to do <laughs> yeah. to do a pour over every morning, mm-hmm. I don't think I would, but I would enjoy the option every once in a while. Like if I, if I woke right. up early and I was feeling... How often do you make one cup of coffee in your... Never. Never. Do you, how many, like what's your average? Um, I mean, it, it's like a... Like like a two to four cup, okay. kind of ratio. Do you um, have to heat it up? No. So I I mean full disclosure I. I have a, grinder. Yeah. That, has a hopper full of coffee. Yeah, we we have the same. We have the same grinder. Great. So you know, it's so the it's Baratza. Baratza, uh, something. Is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Baratza. Baratza something. Hey, welcome and. Uh, yeah. To our sponsor podcast by Baratza something. <laughs> but it basically, I just push a button and it, and it knows how much coffee to grind. Right. So I never really think about like how much coffee am I going to drink today? Right. What's my ratio going to be? I just have like a, pre, I have a preset yeah. amount of coffee that grinds out. Just kind of cowboy. Irregardless of what, well, it's not cowboy. I like, I did the math on it. Well, yeah. But we I'm did. not, but it's. It's not set up to meet my specific needs of that day. I'm right. always grinding that same amount of coffee. And so therefore, I'm also going to put the same amount of water in the coffee maker mm-hmm. to meet that need. And then I'm going to make the same amount of coffee right. total. And sometimes I drink all of it. Sometimes I split it with my wife. Um, sometimes I think I'm going to drink all of it and a lot gets left behind unfortunately it's just kind of how it goes with my life right now totally but the key difference between time that it takes to use the coffee maker versus time it takes to do a pour over is i mean i push grind i pour it in i pour my water and then i basically just as long as my filters set up right i push a button and i walk away and I think that's the key factor is like, I walk away 
yeah. and I can do one or two other tasks in the amount of time that it takes for my coffee right. to be done. Like what? What's what's an average task? Like what's a task that more often than any other task you do while your coffee's brewing? Right now I do. Right now I feed my baby. Right. I like I genuinely like I wait I I wake him up. I set him down somewhere. I make his bottle first. Mm-hmm. And then I start my coffee, right? Yeah. And I go and I sit down and I feed him and I let my coffee brew. And then, like, by the time I'm done feeding him, the coffee is done or, like, it's been done for, like, five, ten minutes. Right. Cool down Which is fine with me because it's too hot to drink when it's first done anyways. And so, I... By the time I'm done with him, I come back into the kitchen and it's like, even though I put in the work to like start the coffee and run the beans, blah, blah, blah. Right. There's this feeling of like, ah, there's, there's just like, there's a pot of coffee just waiting for me. It just appeared there. But does that mean poor birds are stupid? I think my argument is that they're stupid in the sense that (laughs) maybe we should just take too much time. They like the the time and the effort that it takes to do them is pointless in contradiction to the fact that like a nice coffee maker at home or a really nice batch brew coffee maker at a coffee shop mm-hmm. can do arguably just as good of a job at making coffee if you set it up right. Oh, uh, totally. As like yeah, coffee shops out of the question. If a customer isn't paying twenty dollars for that cup of coffee, because that coffee is like extra special and costs extra for the shop, right? That they need the added uh, attention to detail to get the most out of what they're paying for, and to pay my barista, which I don't have a coffee shop, I don't have baristas pay my barista extra money to like drop everything he's doing for three minutes. Right. Or she makes sense. Or she, um, just have to clarify. 2021. Barista, baristo. Baristo. Um, then like, yeah, in that case, pour overs are stupid for sure. A a batch brew is going to do, but I'm not going to put a, a geisha, on batch brew. So that's the thing is it's funny because when a coffee shop gets a really good coffee in, they feel inclined to all of a sudden do a pour over to make it, to make sure that it's better or make sure it's as good as it can be. Right. Which I get, but, and like there's, but if somebody appreciates that brewing coffee, championships, let where them people buy the bag. Are amazing. Let them buy the bag, take it home and, then put the expertise right but but that's what i'm saying or pay 30 dollars for it's a single cup. you say ex let them put the expertise but like there isn't expertise that's the issue so let's say i get a geisha that's supposed to be amazing right right yeah and as a coffee shop i'm like oh let's put it on pour over to really showcase it we're going to charge seven dollars for right. this black cup of coffee which is like to the mm-hmm. average consumer an absurd price right Okay, well, let's say you have 10 baristas at your shop. Right. Five of them have 
been working in coffee for a while and five of them were like, this is their first coffee shop job. Right. Just because they were trained on how to do a pour over last no, week doesn't mean that they're... in the guy buying the cup of coffee. But the same thing there too. Like any Joe Schmo off the street can walk in and think, oh, wow, this coffee is expensive. It must be good. Take it home and do, you know, their... But a, a their Joe makeshift Schmo, pour over. A Joe Schmo who takes a coffee like that and does a makeshift pour over, even if it tastes half as good as it's supposed to, it's gonna blow their mind. Maybe. Maybe. There's a good chance. Well, like what if they, and then what the person if they who do does it buy it because wrong. they're like, I want to experience that because I know what I'm doing and I know that that coffee is probably actually worth that much and they take it home. Yeah. They're giving it every attention to detail they have. I just think that the, the amount of effort that goes into a pour-over compared to the amount of chance for it to go terribly wrong and for somebody to buy an expensive cup of uh, a bag of coffee, mm-hmm. bring it home, try to make it themselves... Well, yeah, but that's, that's just a different conversation, I guess, because, you know, they could take it home and be, the conversation would lend to the alternatives of them doing a pour over is them putting it in a coffee machine. Right, but at least if they put it in a coffee machine, like, there's only, like, it's either going to be amazing or it's going to be, like, eh, it's a good right. coffee. I don't know. The margin- I just, if I owned a coffee shop, I would tell my baristas, don't sell that coffee. To anybody who doesn't know what they're doing, unless but that's they not seem something like you can just, do. That's they just don't give a shit. That's absolutely not something you right. can do. But then, if that's the case, then why do I care? If somebody's willing to spend that much money on a bag of coffee, totally. they're not willing to put in the effort. But the the argument isn't should coffee shops allow people to <laughs> buy coffee <laughs> if they don't know how to do a pour over, right? Sure. The argument is that there's too much room for error within a pour over for people that haven't been practicing it for years or that love coffee to such a great degree that they want to like nerd out that it's not worth someone spending the time on it right this is coming from a person that like truly does love pour overs right and i'm like i'm trying to I'm trying to like design my own pour over so right it, now. So let me ask the question then. Who oh, I want to hear more about that for sure. Who is the pour over stupid for and who is it not stupid for? I think it's I'll start with the not stupid. I think it's not stupid for people that that want to learn more that are okay with wasting good coffee Mm -hmm. every once in a while for people that want that routine Mm -hmm. in their life yeah um i think that it's exceptionally educational i think it's a tool for coffee lovers and enthusiasts to dive deeper Mm -hmm. into understanding what it is they're buying and what it is they're drinking. I think it's a catalyst to like move to that next step of understanding without having to work in a coffee shop. 
Being a poor bro at home is the closest thing that you could personally do to participate in specialty coffee mm-hmm. at the home level. Mm-hmm. I think the poor bros are stupid for people that want to make coffee at home but they just want good coffee like they they yeah they enjoy good coffee they probably so they probably for... go to a coffee shop three to five times a week and they buy a bag every two to three weeks right, right. so they they know coffee they like coffee they're maybe more or less in it for the caffeine and they're slowly learning the difference between different coffees and like what they personally like, but they don't intend to like invest in the science behind coffee or like the knowledge of how coffee is what it is Mm -hmm. because I think to just like do a very rudimentary pour over where you just like put coffee into some sort of vessel and then you boil hot water on the stove Mm -hmm. and you pour coffee over it like to me that's a nice fun like little skill to know if you like want to make coffee while you're uh, camping or right. something. Yeah. But if you aren't the person, type of person that's willing to buy the nice kettle, mm-hmm. to buy the whatever brand of nice pour over, mm-hmm. to buy the carafe, to buy the scale, to understand what it means to even pay attention to weight and to time. Mm-hmm. Like those are all really specific things that even to somebody that buys a pour over off of a shelf at like Target would not automatically understand are part of that process. Right. And if you aren't willing to like pay attention to all those nitty gritty little details and be a part of the process, right. then there's no way that you're going to make a cup of coffee. Yeah, the nitty gritty. There's no way you're going to make a cup of coffee that's better sure than what you were already making so in a coffee machine pour overs are designed for the quote-unquote coffee middle class sure the people not the people who don't care and not the people who have it down already where they're almost already on cruise, cruise control you know they're gonna buy good coffee and the coffee machine's gonna yeah, no, I mean, well, I don't doubt, I don't doubt that pour overs are still important. I think I just, I talk from right, my you're, own you're saying the, personal anecdote. The maximum of, utility of pour overs for. For those, the people yeah, that, the people yeah. that want to learn. I think, I think it's a teaching tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a vessel to explore more about coffee mm. or even particular types of coffee. Right. Um, I speak from the perspective of like, I just straight up don't have time to do it. And maybe I would do it if I had time. Maybe I wouldn't. Right. 
I just don't know that in the end that it's it's all that worth it. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're buying coffees that are not super expensive, but they're good coffees. Yeah, I mean, I brewed uh, a natural El Salvador from uh, 3FE in mm-hmm. Dublin this morning. Yeah. All right. Shout out to Play Coffee in Fullerton. True. For True. Hook, that hookup. Drink Play Coffee. Um, Drink Play Coffee, you're right. Yeah. Leon. But I've, I threw that in in the good old Techniform Mocha Master. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I will at some point probably bring it into the shop and do... Mm-hmm. a Kalita pour over out of it just to like double check and make sure that I didn't like miss any tasting notes somehow. Right. right. But like I I just threw it straight into the coffee maker, didn't totally. think twice about it. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy with the cup of coffee that I got. Right. Uh, that's great. I love that. I I agree I agree with that a hundred percent. So we agree that pour-overs aren't stupid blank slate, but um, there is an ideal setup for a certain type of person, where they're at in coffee. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Great. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're on the same. I think ultimately we're on the same page, and I think that yeah. part of us. I we're we're on the same page, but like, I'm a busy guy too. And I love, I still love the ritual of making a cup totally. of coffee. It's it's less about feeling like I need to in order to get the most out of it because I agree a coffee machine can do that, and we have a Bonavita. I think it's a Bonavita five cup uh, coffee machine. It's like SEA approved. Yeah, it's nice. Yours is as well. Um, but to me, like, you know, there are certain things that are on cruise control. Like I have the same grinder as you. Yeah. I'll adjust it minorly depending on the coffee I get. But all the coffees you get are kind of in the same general right. uh, sphere of like recipe. So that doesn't change much. Yeah. You know, my kettle goes to around 200 degrees. If I'm in a rush, I'll stop it a couple degrees early. If I'm not, then I'll let it keep running. Um, you know, so there's certain things you can still sacrifice with right. pour over. But then to be able to like, you know, like, you know, me and my temptation with like a coffee machine would be like, oh, I'm going to set it and then check my phone while while it makes my coffee mm-hmm. you know and to me i love how it forces me to be like or continue to not look at my phone until yeah. like i've made my coffee i've had a minute um right and then i can look at it um yeah if that if that was like the argument of of its time valued differently mm-hmm. then I could understand that because I think there is 
a really beautiful side to it as far as like process goes of paying attention and focusing to it versus picking up your phone or doing something arbitrary during that yeah. time. Especially in the morning when you're like first like really becoming alert and when at most having those like little thoughts yeah. that define the rest of your day. Right. Doing something as focused as making a pour over yeah. is I think really like peaceful for the mind. Well and and to your point, like, you know, if you like the whole set it and forget a thing, like it could sit for five, ten minutes. If you are doing your pour over correctly, you can do that too. And yeah. I do that all the time. I'll like take the two minutes to pour until I hit the two minute mark and I know that like once I hit three to three and a half minutes, there's nothing left that's yeah. going to be dripping. If it is, like, it's not really going to affect the flavor of my coffee. It's a drop in a bucket, you know? And, like, I can come back five minutes later. And yeah. it's, so, like, to me, I'm not worried about it. But I fit into that coffee middle class, quote unquote, where, like, I have that routine sort of down where I don't have to worry about it. Like, I've gone through the learning I still enjoy the process, so I don't need a machine quite yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe when we do have a kid or whatever, you know, maybe I will just break out the, the machine and, like, do that whole thing. Yeah. I think everyone at some point needs a coffee machine, depending on, like, what their current life mm-hmm. looks like. Totally. Um, I think that's just, like, no one... And the reality is, no coffee shop you go into isn't using a coffee machine. Right. So, like, everybody everybody who thinks they're above coffee machines just needs to get over that. For sure. But I think there's also this side of me that loves both, like, this kind of nostalgia around a pour-over because it seems somehow both old and very new. And I think there's a side of it that both feels and looks mm-hmm. elevated. And I I toss that around all the time of like loving this idea of just having this like beautiful brew bar mm-hmm. at the coffee shop. Where I just have like this this line of of beautiful pour overs and like beautiful scales and mm-hmm. even like having something yeah crazy elaborate like a siphon mm. or something where it just becomes this experience right. this, this this incredibly alluring hyper and hyper right hyper inefficient <laughs> but it's it's right, right hyper beautiful like it just like sure to the average consumer just like watching in being like yeah i this love is there is something crazy like they're, they're watching a barista doing something in they're doing some they're paying Absolutely. so much attention to it like look at that wow that didn't even know that's how they made coffee. You know, as if, right. as if yeah. somehow they've like, right. the consumer has just like never paid attention to like how coffee's made and right. all of a sudden I feel like the curtain <laughs> is being lifted. Well, sort of thing. that is the case though in a lot of reasons. Yeah, more or less, but like to do a pour over at a coffee shop and it be this like showy thing is, is, right. is a fairly new right. concept. I mean, if you look at like Sure, old 10 years. photos for even old photos from like the fifties or like episodes of like Friends in the nineties, like mm-hmm. things like a Chemex, right, have been around forever. 
it sat on their counter, but they never used it. Well, I mean, who's to say they didn't use it? Well, they didn't use it in the public side. Like, they never... You never saw them making a cup of coffee. Right. Well, even even because, if they did, they probably just... And that's because making coffee is like a, as a public thing. Right. Only started in the 90s. I mean, like... Right. It was an end, not a means. Yeah. Not a means to an end. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I really played around with that idea of I want to do these things because they look so cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is value to certain elements of of pour overs and and manual brewing in a cafe but like you said they they're inefficient yeah um they're not result isn't the result isn't always going to be better. better yep um you have this incredibly wild variable of staff training mm-hmm. and whether or not well, and they just can do it the same way that whatever the last person did of your staff's time. Right. The, yeah, it's the time that it takes to do it. Having a manual pour over versus um, a machine could be the difference of having two people on staff or three or four. Right. At in any given hour. Well, I mean, I've that's I've, expensive. I've worked at shops where, and I think the current state of like what I do now is, to make a pour over means. To multitask. It's opportunity cost. You have you have to do one to three things at the same time that you're doing a pour over mm-hmm. in order for that to adequately fit into this like larger scheme of of tasks and of completing tickets. Right. You know, whereas like I've worked at shops like a Portola where <laughs> yeah. There was there. like ten people on bar at one time. Right. And like I, I can't imagine that was efficient cost wise, but like Well that was part of there the was appeal. one person yeah. on pour overs. Like they never left yeah. that station. That was part of the appeal of of Portola or I mean that and intelligentsia of Venice. But those those are A high traffic areas. Um B places where people bought those things see i guess part of it looking back now too that was before they really had um like brew systems that actually produced or people knew could produce good quality coffee like you almost like yeah. like when we would go to those places that was before the conversation of and maybe this was just us being too young the conversation of like, oh yeah, we don't do pour overs. We just have a machine. It makes just as good coffee. Yeah, I think. But even then, it's like assumed Portola and Valencia are such high traffic areas. They can afford that, right? And that was part of the appeal of a location right. like that, where it's like, oh, you're going to have that experience mm-hmm. as opposed to a upper rock or something where it's like a neighborhood shop with good traffic, sure. Yeah, but like you're going to get your coffee and then go crush a meeting, you know? Yeah, I think part of it is literally just visual aesthetic and, like, conversion rate. Right. Um, If somebody walks in and it's their first time in a specialty coffee shop, the easiest way for them to have that aha moment of, like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, this is something different 
right. is to see a pour over bar. Especially at a Portola or Intelligentsia, yeah. where a part of the standing in line experience or even like a blue is bottle. watching that happen. Like a blue bottle really hit their stride and like I'm not as familiar. Well they so they had I think they the siphon bars? They had the siphon bar. I don't know if they had a pour over bar originally as well, but like right. in their first or second blue bottle location they had this huge siphon bar and uh, to see a siphon right is even more of an absurdity than seeing and a, a pour over and a rarity. And we used to do it at Portola too, but like they right. they're just so Oh, you did siphons crazy. there? I thought, I thought it was just like the slow drip. No, we had room. no, we had we had siphons. Oh, funny. Yeah, they have, I think they have a new location at and the Long Beach. Blue Bottles? No, uh, Portola. Portola. Oh. Which, like, I, I want to go because it's at the Long Beach Fairgrounds or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's interesting. But it's also... Uh, never mind. Coffee shop. Don't want to get into... But you get what I'm saying, like... Yeah. There's, part of it is just how absurd it looks. Like, you put those things out there, whatever method it may be, mm-hmm. and to somebody that has never experienced that before, they come in and it's a dead giveaway that there's something different about that shop. Totally. Something that feels... yeah innately special about it. It's the same right. thing as like walking into like uh, a brewery. You know, let's say you walk by and you see, oh, there's, there's a bar or a tap room and they have beer. Let's get a beer. Totally. And then you walk in and you're just expecting to like see a menu and, and like see a couple tanks. taps. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you see the tanks you in the back. You smell the hop, like the fresh hops. And instantly you're like, the water oh my gosh, on the ground. I didn't know that they made the beer here. Like, right. there's something, and you don't know totally. anything about how that happens but just physically right. seeing it there and it being an unknown makes it feel elevated mm-hmm. makes it feel different than what you're used to and therefore special right hmm. i agree with that i like that but then you have these like go get em tiger type of places right that have I wouldn't say pioneered, but like definitely shown a strong argument for batch brew right. as like the final say on how to make coffee. Like they yeah. they have multiple locations throughout always... LA. They have no pour overs available at any shop. Right. But yet they have but they are... put their best single origins on batch brew. Right. Without any hesitation. And I've never had bad batch brew at any Gugum Tiger. Right. I think they're arguably some of the better coffees I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And they're made on the same equipment that, like, almost every coffee shop in America has the potential of having. Totally. Yeah. There's nothing special. Like, they didn't, like, get some sort of you know, right. contract that allows right. them to have some magical, mystical, state-of-the-art coffee maker. Like, yeah, they just use it's, commercial that's coffee the beauty, makers. That's the beauty of, like, if you can dial in your machine and train your baristas, like, you are locking in 
consistency. Yeah. Um, in a way that with a pour over, you can get consistency, but there's a there's always human error. And always B, human error. Like, um, even if there is no human error, the manpower that has to go into making that consistency is just astronomical. As opposed to like, oh, I'm gonna lock in like a hundred cups of just like perfect, perfect coffee. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're getting uh, pretty yeah. far up there. That was a good talk though. Yeah, oh yeah, we talked a little bit at we the did. beginning. But um, let's just wrap it up and, and call it what it is. I think the argument that porters are stupid is clickbait. Is clickbait. And it's it's a very particular concept. Right. Um, I think overall though we can agree porovers are a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that they're the end all be all totally. of like what yeah. makes specialty coffee if, special. If you're a coffee snob who only does pour overs, just you have to get over yourself. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's no yeah, there's no reason for that. I wish I said that earlier in the podcast. <laughs> because that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's the reality. That like get over yourself. Like yeah. If you are the kind of guy who only does pour overs or you'll never touch a coffee machine. Um, dude, just yeah. get over yourself. Uh, stop being a barrier for people to experience mm. good coffee. Um, you know, if somebody only has time or money or they don't have more money to buy more gear on coffee stuff and they have a coffee machine, learn how to make the coffee on a coffee machine mm-hmm. and teach them. Mm-hmm. And you will do that person more service than you will being an asshole and telling them that pour overs yeah. are the only way you can make good coffee. Absolutely. I think I heard a saying and I believe it was originally applied to whiskey, mm-hmm. but it applies to coffee as well, that the best way to drink coffee is however you drink it. However you drink it. However you drink it. Amen.